0: Hello, my lovely listeners, I'm Dr. Mary Barson. And I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. Welcome to this episode of Real Health Health and Weight Loss. Gorgeous ones, it's Dr. Lucy here. I hope you're having a fabulous start to your day. If you're listening to this at the start of the day, before I get cracking with the fabulous Dr. Mary, I did want to remind you that Dr. Mary is hosting a brilliant masterclass Called the Keys to Permanent Weight Loss. We know that lots of people will go up and down the dreaded yo-yo dieting, which is actually harmful to our health. So learning the keys to permanent weight loss is something you're not going to want to miss. The masterclass is on February the 6th. It's a Monday night. Whether you're in the US or in Australia, we have two links So you can sign up to register. Even if you can't come, we'll send you the replay. And the links are obviously going to be in the show notes, but in case you're just driving around, it's our website. So all the W's, rlmedicine.com forward slash weight loss, all one word. And if you want to register for the North American one, it's rlmedicine.com forward slash weight loss, USA in capital letters for the USA bit. Otherwise, my loves, I reckon we should get cracking on what is going to be a brilliant podcast today. Dr. Gorgeous Mary, good morning.
1: Good morning, my dear friend and clever colleague. Tell me, how are you on this fine January day?
0: I'm really, really good. As you know, I set out a few intentions at the start of the year and I'm tracking them and I'm feeling on track. And there's categories and their are big intentions, but I feel like I'm going all right. So, no, I, I feel good. I feel good. What about you, darling?
1: I'm good too. I'm good too. Always very busy being a mum of a little bub and um, working and doing all the things and wearing all the hats. I too am tracking this January and I'm really enjoying it. I'm tracking habits. You have inspired me with your 55 intentions this year and I have come up with my 42, uh, my 42 themed intentions because I'm turning 42. But I am primarily tracking my habits around meditation, around weight loss, around pelvic floor exercises. So we're allowed to talk about pelvic floor on this podcast?
0: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: pelvic floor exercises as well. And I'm I'm loving it. I think that tracking is a beautiful way to get habits into your life. And today we are talking about habits.
0: Absolutely. And you know what's interesting? Like, I think the word tracking can be quite traumatizing for some people, particularly if you've done a lot of dieting and diet culture where you had to weigh and measure and track every scrap of food that entered your mouth. And so for lots of people, when they hear the word tracking, they, it automatically conjures up kind of negative thoughts, but it doesn't actually have to. Like we can change our thoughts about what tracking means and the way I like to think about it now is it's almost, it's on par with ticking something off my to-do list. It's like, whoo, done. Yes, <laughs>
1: yes. For me, tracking is the adult equivalent of star charts. I love star charts. They're very helpful for my daughter and for me, the way that our brains work. And with my kids, star charts are all about positive reinforcement. So it's not about, about punishment. It's all about positive reinforcement. And it doesn't have to be perfect to be okay. Good enough is good enough. So you can incorporate those, comment, those ideas that good enough is good enough, progress is better than perfection, and that you can... Use the power of tracking to increase your dopamine with your daily habits. Lucy, you've got a beautiful saying about you want to make the wrong thing hard and the right thing easy. Absolutely. Tell us
0: more. So this little story came from um horse trainer. So when one of my kids was little, she was eight, and we had a naughty little pony called Penny. You know, when Penny got sick of doing what she was doing, she'd start rearing. And, you know, if you're an eight-year-old child on a rearing pony, it's quite dangerous. So naturally, Ella would get off, there'd be tears, and Penny would get put it back in the paddock. So, in fact, Penny got rewarded for her naughty behaviour. So we didn't know what to do, so we went to a horse trainer. It's always good to go to an expert when you've got no idea what you're doing. And he gave us lots of words of wisdom but one of these favorite sayings was make the right thing easy, make the wrong thing hard. So the right thing, it's again, it's not a moral judgment. It's about, you know, the thing that you want to do. So if we're applying it to ourselves, it's making, we will often use the word helpful or the thing that you want to do, make that easy. And the thing that you don't want to do, make that hard. And, you know, seriously, it was, it's some of it is like parenting 101, this horse training business. <laughs> But often for ourselves, we need a little bit of self-parenting because, you know, you've heard Dr. Mary and I talk about the two parts of our brain, the toddler brain and the parent brain. And sometimes the toddler brain is the brain that is doing the wrong thing for, you know, want of a different expression, the unhelpful thing, because the parent brain's offline. And so we're going, all right, well, we need to make the right thing easy And make the wrong thing hard. So, there's lots of ways in which we can make the right thing or the thing that we want to do easier. So, Maz, you've got a couple of ideas around this concept. What have you done to make the things that you want to do easier?
1: Yes. So, first of all, I reduce the resistance by preparing things and making things obvious. So, Habits. Habits are powerful. Habits are things that we do as prompted by some kind of a cue, things that we do without necessarily thinking it through, without necessarily making a conscious effort, things that we do semi-automatically or completely automatically. And they account for probably about 40% of all of our behavior. So if you can get your habits moving in a positive direction, it can have enormously good benefits for the direction of your health your whole life. But if your habits are moving in a less than helpful direction, then the flip side is that it can have enormously detrimental effects to your whole life. So learning how to dial in your habits is useful. So the habits that I want to improve habits around movement, habits around meditation, habits around fasting, and also for me, habits around getting my whole family together for dinner each night. So I make it obvious. That is a really, really simple thing to do initially. I want to do some meditation each morning and I always make a cup of coffee. I make a cup of coffee possibly before I've even woken up. And so having a little sign above my kettle, five minutes meditation, means that as I flick the kettle, I just sit there and do or stand actually in my kitchen and do five minutes of mindfulness. It's really easy. I've just made it obvious. Reducing resistance is getting prepared. So on my fasting days, I'll make sure that I've got some bone broth available because that's what I like to do on days that i want to exercise i might key up a friend to go for a walk that kind of preparation is really useful although it can be a trap you don't want to get stuck in preparation mode where all you do is think about plan prepare create beautiful star charts do all these things without actually
0: taking action oh <laughs> yes that's the uh, that that is the clean up your desk before you get ready to study that plan, yes absolutely but... that's
1: right i i yeah. <laughs> Yes, I can't possibly start uh, writing on this blog until I make a cup of tea. Oh, look, my kettle's quite dirty. I better wash that. And yeah, yes, no. Uh, well, I can
0: actually, <laughs> I can honestly say I have never fallen into the clean desk trap because I'm just currently looking at my desk. And it does, it looks like the desk of, of well, it's actually the desk of Dr. Lucy. It is completely chaotic, it's disorganized. But I know where everything is and it just I don't bother cleaning it up because I just get into my desk and I crack on. So it is That's that it. implementation. You, you take
1: action. Action. That's right. There is that the perfect moment doesn't exist. If you're waiting for, you know, to have a perfectly organised desk, a moment when, you know, the, the children are being completely quiet, when absolutely everything, the planets have aligned and the moon is in the right phase before you actually do the thing, Then you'll never do the thing. So yes, the perfect moment doesn't exist. You just got it. It's the difference between being in motion and taking action.
0: Absolutely, and I think that's it's a really important point because when you're in the planning phase, planning, planning feels quite nice. Like it's this hopeful phase where you go, "Yeah, I'm going to do all these things," and your brain's feeling good, and it's you know it's a pleasant state to be in, and. You know, you might, people go and buy things, they buy journals, they buy the stickers to do their sticker chart and you get your little bit of dopamine doing all of that. But then you've got, then the rubber has to hit the road. You actually have to do it. Yes. If you're not actually doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. you're not doing it.
0: Yeah, you're not doing it. And
1: it's scary taking action because you can fail. You can't fail if you don't start. If you're in planning motion, you're not a failure. It's, you know, it's great. It's lovely. You're imagining this future self that's so calm and organised and fit and doing all these things and it feels great, but it's not real.
0: No. And, in fact, we can, you know, lovely listeners, you hear us often saying that your your thoughts create your feelings and your feelings create your actions. And I hear people saying, that they don't wait for motivation, that they just need to do discipline. And I'm going to be a bit controversial and say that I actually don't agree with that. So your thoughts do create your feelings. And so if you're not motivated, that's a feeling. So motivation is a feeling. Why aren't I motivated? Well, it's your thoughts that will determine why you're not motivated. So your thoughts can be anything. They can be, well, you know, it's a bit cold today. I'm not motivated. Or it's, oh, you know, I'm too tired, so I'm not motivated. Discipline is then just your thoughts that will come in and go, well, it doesn't matter if it's raining, I'm going to do it anyway. So there is still thoughts. Discipline is just thoughts. Motivation is just thought. They're all thoughts. So working out, again, coming back to making, you know, thoughts that are going to help you. Achieve what you want to do to make the thing easy. You can, again, that's all just your thoughts. So, your mind, oh my God, Ms. How powerful is our mind?
1: It is very powerful and you can work with it. It doesn't have to be that hard, it is doable. The thing about helpful habits is the habits that are going to lead your health in your life in beautiful, helpful directions is that in the short term, they generally tend to not necessarily be unpleasant but certainly not flood your brain with dopamine and in the long term they're fabulous like in the long term you've got a, a beautiful calm clear mind when you meditate regularly you've got a healthy fit strong body when you move it regularly you've got decreased inflammation and normal sugars and decreased fat in your body when you eat low carb real food regularly these are fabulous things but In the moment, you don't necessarily get a big dopamine hit. And the thing with unhelpful habits is the opposite. So unhelpful habits, generally speaking, in the moment, that's where you get the reward. You get fed, you feel pleasure, you get satisfied, you get entertained. You know, the chocolate on the couch is entertainment, it's pleasurable, you get a big dopamine hit, you feel soothed. All of these things in the short term are rewarding. But if you ate chocolate on the couch every night, it would, it could really lead your health and your life in an unhelpful direction. So that's the bad news. The good news is though that you can flip it. And I'm not saying they're necessarily going to be able to get as much of a dopamine sort of pleasure hit as you would from eating an entire bar of white chocolate on the couch whilst binging Netflix. But you can, you can absolutely bring the reward into the present moment with a helpful behavior lots of ways and one way is a star chart so I've got you know my adult star chart and when I do my five minutes meditation I get to color in my star chart I don't have stickers my daughter has stickers but just coloring it in I get this wonderful little sense of achievement and it is it's a lovely little dopamine hit and I feel good about it and I can look back at all the days that I did my meditation and feel good about it very importantly is I do not expect perfection And if I miss a day, I don't throw in the towel. In fact, what I challenge myself to do is to not miss twice. This is a a tip I got from James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. I love it. So if I miss a day, that's fine, but I just try not to miss twice. So I won't miss the next day.
0: Yep, absolutely. And it's interesting. I remember one of my gorgeous patients saying to me, And again, this is where we're navigating that path of perfection. So for lots of us, we've been on, you know, the perfect diet and if we break it, then we've ruined it and we, you know, eat everything in the cupboard. What she would do would be recognize it doesn't have to be perfect. It can be good enough. But is something that she's doing becoming one of those habits that, you know, is a slippery slope? So this is where it does get tricky in our brain because our brain will give us lots and lots of stories and it'll say, well, you know, Dr. Lucy said it doesn't have to be perfect, so if I have this ice cream tonight, it'll be all right. And in truth, that is absolutely true. One ice cream doesn't cause metabolic syndrome. One ice cream doesn't put 10 kilos on. One ice cream doesn't ruin your previous six-month progress. Absolute truth. However, when you have that one ice cream Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, all of a sudden it's no longer the one ice cream and, in fact, it's starting a pattern. And the pattern, the longer that pattern goes and the harder it can be to reverse it. So she would be just curiously watching herself and a bit like you not missing two days, if she did two days of something that was unhelpful, she then realised, right, I'm forming a pattern, this has got to stop. And she would never do more than two days in a row and i think that's a great theory i like the two-day theory mm, mm. the other way that you can
1: work with your brain is to bring a negative consequence in to not engaging any helpful behavior there are lots of ways you could do this and you do need to be careful because you don't want to hate yourself or berate yourself. That's going to be ultimately unhelpful. But there are ways that you can bring in a negative consequence if you're not doing what you want to do, if you're not keeping your promises to yourself. So what I do, I've started it this year. It's actually the first time I've done this and I like it is I review my progress with because I love to journal, I review my progress at the end of the day, at the end of the week, and so with meditation, if I haven't hit my goal of meditating, of not missing twice with meditation throughout the week, I have to put 10 bucks in a piggy bank and I will donate that money to charity later on. It's like a, it's a, a negative consequence, which is enough of a trick to keep it front of mind for me to want to do it. And it just sort of pushes through that resistance of oh, I can't really be bothered, but I actually want to not have to put the $10 in the piggy bank even more. So I will be more likely to do it. It's just flipping it. You bring a negative consequence for not doing it and a positive consequence for doing it.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, it goes back to the old carrot and stick. And, again, getting a balance, you know, you don't need to just use a stick and and a massive stick to flog yourself. But sometimes we know that the positive reinforcement is not always enough for our very, very clever and complex brains. So it is. It's a beautiful, beautiful way to, I guess, just work, you know, as we talk about work with your brain. The other thing I love, um, which you've been speaking a little bit about, Mays, is, is this rocks and sand theory. Mm. And this is this can be a reason why we don't always do the things that we that we know are important. Like we know they're important, and you know we, you can hop into bed at the end of the day and you go, oh, "I just ran out of time to do that. I didn't have time to go for my walk, or I just didn't have time to go to the shops, or I forgot to do my online order, or whatever it is." We've all done that. So tell us about the rocks theory.
1: I love this. I got this idea from reading uh, Greg McEwen's book, Effortless. It really rung true to me. Personally, I could feel quite busy, borderline overwhelmed, sometimes, you know, feeling like there's way more to do than I can reasonably do in a day. And it's so easy for all of those pressures to sort of push in on me. And for me to not do the important things, the things that are actually really going to help me personally live the life that I want to live. They're going to help me help my family. So I love this idea of rocks and sand that imagine time is like a jar. It's a glass jar. It doesn't stretch. It doesn't shrink. That's your time. You've got 24 hours in a day. That's it. You cannot make time. That's, that's a fantasy. All you can do is take time and you've got this finite amount of time and all of these things that you could do that you might want to do that you wish you were doing but you need to put first things first that's to use another fabulous book by Dr Steve Covey the seven habits of highly effective people put first things first so you might you know want to care for your parents for your kids you might want to ensure that you cook good food and that you do a meditation practice and all of these things they're like the rocks that you want to fill up with in this jar. And they might be sort of slightly jagged shapes and they might sort of push in against each other. But if they're the important things, you put them in first. You make sure that you put in your self care rock. You put in your, I'm going to see my friends this week rock. You put in your rocks first. And then everything else, all of the, the, you know, potentially unhelpful habits like Netflix and scrolling on social media, all other people's priorities that push in on you that you don't necessarily have to prioritise yourself, all of those things are like little pebbles and sand and if you allow all of those things, if you put them in first, your time jar just gets filled up with pebbles and sand of things that are unimportant or unhelpful to you or less important and less helpful and you can't fit your rocks in. But if you put those rocks in first, then with whatever remaining space there is, you can sprinkle in the pebbles and sand. And that is a much better way to view your time and your life because it's all finite. And if we don't put our first things first, then other people's pebbles and sand
0: will take away all of our time. I love that. I do love it because it's so tempting, isn't it? Just to, you know, start your day (laughs) This is my habit that is, is firmly cemented in and it's very unhelpful. It's a really unhelpful habit. So, in fact, I'm going to add this to my list of intentions, is to to ditch this habit, which is to wake up in the morning and pick up my phone. And, you know, there's many ways in which I could be improving that habit, but basically it takes up a good chunk of my time, like probably an hour. Like it's ridiculous. I don't need to do that. But it's basically an hour of sand that then means... I run out of time to do something else that is actually going to be useful to me, not unuseful. <laughs> yes. Is that yeah. A word? <laughs> yeah, totally,
1: totally. A rock for me, it seems a bit strange, but a rock is to go out to the monkey bars each day with my daughter. That exercise, that, you know, it's being out in the sun, it's good, it's nature, it's bonding time with my child, but it actually really materially improves our day for both of us. and. It is so easy that, you know, I'm a bit tired. I'm a bit stressed. You know, I could just give her a screen and I could just go and, you know, watch a screen myself or clean the cobwebs off the roof or just do something that probably doesn't lie down. Yeah. I probably should. That should probably be one of my rocks, but it isn't at this stage. Yeah. It's so easy to do something that's not that. But if I do it, it just improves our life, our relationship, our day, in tangible ways. There is just something quite magical
0: about our backyard and our monkey bars. Not to mention adding a little bit of strength training for you.
1: Oh, absolutely, yes, yes. I just says for the listeners out there, I can't actually like properly do the brachioradiation monkey bars like my nimble nine year old, but I do do like push ups and pull ups, and I climb on them. And yes, it is definitely
0: strength training. It is, and it's fun. It's fun. Do you know what this is leading into, which is a little analogy that Katrina Ubel, who is one of our, I guess, um, inspirations. So she's a doctor, weight loss doctor from America, and she uses this analogy a lot about monkey bars. And she will talk about if you've got a habit, say you want to start a habit and it feels really hard, then sometimes that's like trying to do three poles on the monkey bar, three rungs. Hard. And so, yeah, too hard. So your brain goes, oh, I can't do that. And so you do nothing. And so she talks about, well, bring bring it back, do one rung. What can you do that's one rung? It's very much the same as make, you know, make the right thing easy, make the wrong thing hard, shrink the chain to all of the that beautiful picture that we've seen of the ladder with the big rungs far apart versus the ladder with the little rungs. It really is that. So it is much, much better for your brain if you can cement a small habit regularly than aim for a big habit that you may not achieve. You can always add another monkey bar rung in, but it's very hard if you start with, I'm going to do, you know, five five rungs.
1: Yes. I mean- I love meditation. It's it's something that I'm definitely sold on and my habit, it goes in and out, but I would consider myself a pre-seasoned meditator. I meditate five minutes a day. Sometimes I do more, but that is my aim and that's extremely doable. I don't start off saying I'm going to meditate for one and a half hours every single day. No, that won't happen. Five minutes, yes, and you can still get a lot of benefit from small doable changes, your one little run on the
0: monkey bars. Absolutely. That is the power of habits because when it's cemented in five minutes, if you do five minutes most days, you will get benefit. If you do half an hour twice a year, you get no benefit. We'll do nothing. So you're far, far better to do the small, small changes and your brain's going to go, oh God, it's hardly worth it. No, it is. It is. When it says it's hardly worth it, it is worth it. Yes, that's right. That's when you you get to get your little dopamine hit from
1: colouring in a square on your diary and you have the negative consequence of putting 10 bucks in a piggy bank that helps overcome the little resistance that your
0: brain will put up. Absolutely. Make the right thing easy, make the wrong thing hard. All right, lovely listeners, we might wind it up for today, but uh, wishing you a most wonderful day. Don't forget to sign up for Dr. Mary's Masterclass. The links are in the show notes, or you can go to our website. And beautiful peeps, enjoy your gorgeous selves. Goodbye, everybody. So, my lovely listeners, that ends this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. And I'm Dr. Mary Barson.
1: We're from Real Life Medicine. To contact us, please visit
0: rlmedicine.com. And until next time, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. The information shared on the Real Health and Weight Loss podcast, including show notes and links, provides general information only. It is not a substitute, nor is it intended to provide individualised medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, nor can it be construed as such. Please consult your doctor for any medical concerns.